Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor. Or the JJ Reddick to the Sheldon Williams. Gives <laughs> you sports betting tips. I am Professor Sides. You can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend Jake. This is the weekend, and we are here to break down all four Elite Eight games. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model that predicts what the spread in total should be for every Division I college basketball game. And as I go through the plays, remember, there are no locks in gambling, so what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans. However, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I like to say the model will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Jake, we each went 2-2 two and two yesterday, so uh, not a bad day. If that's our bad day, you know, that's good. Uh, obviously, I got the A pick. 4-0 uh, and o on A picks for the week. Okay. Yeah, I'm 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 like a, a little nervous. I got two A plays for you today, so so stay tuned for this. I'm a little nervous. I'm like, oh my, you know, you, you have a possibility to, to to run the table on the A plays, and uh, it's a little a little nerve wracking, right? So uh, those I got like I said I got a couple picks I love. That doesn't mean they're they're locks, right? So just always remember that, um, you know, like I say, good and bad variants will occur. So it, it's never always it's never always going to keep rolling. It's never always going to be bad. There's never bounce backs, none of that stuff, right? All these plays are independent of each other. And so we'll try to give you our best plays and hopefully we can keep the good week rolling for you. Before we get to today's slate reminder, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube, subscribe or follow if you aren't yet. It's the only way to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB or college football content this channel provides. Share with a friend if you know others in the game, drop a comment on Twitter or YouTube. We love those and try to respond to as many as we can also stay tuned to the end of the show we're, we got a true buzzer beater for you that we're going to drop right at the end there's a, a another basketball game besides these that's happening we're going we're gonna to give that to you as, as a buzzer beater so hang on for that one at the end but the games everybody wants to know about the elite eight games here starting us off saturday 6 10 eastern start houston villanova Jake, before before I talk about this game, and we haven't talked about this, so I'm, I'm getting your true reaction to this. I was thinking about this Houston-Villanova game. Aside from, from fans and maybe a little bit of a slower pace, if this was the national championship game, would anybody be disappointed? No, no. This is this should be one of the most incredible, just like from a basketball standpoint. It's not going to be the most uh, aesthetically pleasing game, <laughs> right. but it – it will be a battle, like a true heavyweight battle. And it's it's probably one of the most fun games to watch tonight. It'll just be insane, like punch after punch. Two great coaches, two great teams with both very thin benches. So, like, it, it could be a lot of strategy going on here. It could be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was thinking. I was like, if this was our national title game and we had, you know, all day Sunday and all day Monday breaking this game down, listening to it, I mean, the, the narratives, the coaches, I mean, two great teams uh, – this would be a fantastic title game. Um, for better or worse, it's an Elite Eight game. Houston's favored by two and a half. The total is 128. The model thinks it should be a pick em, which is a Villanova edge, but the numbers have really underestimated, my numbers have really underestimated Houston of late and most of the year, and they've been bullish on Villanova, so I don't trust it. It's a lot like that Miami-Iowa State game last night where the model showed an edge on Iowa State as a pick em. But seeing how the model had performed in Miami was enough to scare me off of that. The model thinks the total should be 129. I'm actually going to go under 128 as a B pick. And this is not a bait of the model based on performance. It's not saying the model always misses on this team this direction or anything like that. The model's been very up and down on totals on both of these teams all year. It's just about the fact that these two teams can be all over the place points-wise. And it feels a lot like 
you'll go back and look at the last couple of weeks. Villanova played UConn. Villanova played Creighton. Houston played Illinois. Those are the three games that seem the most similar to this one with regards to team strengths and pace of the game. And all three of those went under or way under. I think both teams play slow. Houston was able to drag Arizona to an under, which is impressive right there because Arizona had been wanting to play a lot quicker as of late. Neither team wants to speed this game up. Both coaches are smart enough, I think, to realize that speeding it up won't really hurt their opponent. I think that's the key is that both of these teams can speed it up and will speed it up if that is to the detriment of their opponent. I don't think if Houston speeds it up, that's not going to really throw Villanova off. And if Villanova speeds it up, that's not really going to throw Houston off. I think they're going to just be comfortable playing this game slow. And so I just don't think there's going to be a lot of points. I think this is going to be a 60 to 55 type game. Like I said, it profiles a lot like some of these other recent games we've seen against teams of similar natures, and they have not gotten near 130. So I'm going to go 120, under 128 with a B pick and leave the side alone. Jake, that's where I'll let you take over. Whew, this one's like we were talking about. This is just an incredible game. Um, these are two teams that do what they do. They don't let any team take them out of what they do. Like they're like, we're, if we're going to lose, we're going to lose our way, right? Like, and that that's how both teams approach it. It's how both coaches seem to approach it. And they've both got a really short rotation. Um, one due to lack of talent, and one due to that I don't know half their team died. Um, yeah. but, uh, so I, I I really like this Houston team. I think the defense, their defense is the difference here. They just seem like they play slow, a uh, slow pace to the game, but that defense is quick and swarming and just like it's gnats all over you and you can't get rid of them. Um, I, I don't think Nova's got enough in them to uh, get away from them. But if if Nova's hitting their threes, like, like I said, and I've said all this tournament, you have to put Nova away early. You've got to put them away. So if Houston's not putting them away, this could easily come back to bite me. But I think Houston's got it here. They they just seem to be playing so well. They're getting different guys to step up every game. Like Edwards hit five threes, five or six threes last game. And like Fabian White barely played because of foul trouble. So now he's got a little bit of a size advantage. So And they're already a really good offensive rebounding team. I just I don't think Nova's got quite enough, but it, would, it also wouldn't surprise me if Nova won this game. This is just a true heavyweight one, and I, I I just think Houston's defense has got just enough to get this one done. And you and you mentioned Houston's defense, and the, the defense continues to track better and better as the season goes along. I, I'm not sure if it was regular season with the lack of depth, their defensive metrics looked a little bit worse because of having to keep a, a steady rotation or it was just adjusting to who's in. I'm not really sure what it was, but the Houston defensive metrics weren't great all season, but they just continue to track in the right direction. So they're they're really playing good defense right now. Should be a great game to kick us off here in the Elite Eight. And then closing out tonight's slate, whenever that one gets uh, gets wrapped up, hopefully, you know, if, if we have a three-overtime game, right, they'll, they'll delay the start of this one. <laughs> if not, it'll get going at about 8.50 Eastern. Arkansas and Duke. Duke is a three and a half point favorite with a total of 147. The model thinks Duke should only be a 3.1 point favorite. That's pretty tight. They are not really a big edge. And that seems about right to me. This game, to me, I think profiles a lot like the Duke Tech game. There's a couple of differences in the styles, but overall, it seems fairly similar. Duke won that game by five. A similar result here wouldn't surprise me. Tech was in that game 
wouldn't nothing would surprise me here. I think the number kind of illustrates that. So again, I'm going to stay off the side. The model thinks the total should be 145.5. So there is a full game under edge. Instead, I'm going to go back to the first half under, which is 69 and a half. And I'm going to make that an A play. I really like this game to start off slower and kind of similar to my logic for why I took the Duke first half under last time. I think the game could be tight. There could be fouls late. We could have overtime. Duke could hit 80% in the second half. I don't think they will again. But either way, I still just don't like these Duke full game unders. I'd rather just play the first half. We know that the Arkansas offense can be bad if they aren't scoring in transition. Um, I just think I just think it's too many points, like I said, even for the full game. But I really like the first half under because we don't have to worry about overtime. We don't have to worry about fouls. Someone's season is going to end in heartbreak here. Arkansas has been one of the hottest teams in the country. Whenever Duke season ends, if it ends at a loss, it will obviously be heartbreaking. And so there could be a lot of late crazy fouls here. So I just, I'll take the first half. Hopefully we can get our money by the halftime and then just watch for the entertainment of who will win a good game. Jake, I have to point out, Coach K had the big celebration thing at home against North Carolina. What day of the week was that? There's no Saturday, 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 Saturday. They had, he had the whole, he could win his last ACC title game and that didn't work out. What day of the week was that? Probably Saturday, Saturday. And then today is a what? <laughs> Saturday. I just, I just gonna point that out. It's all, it's all I'm gonna say. I'm just going to drop it. In there. That means now listen, I, 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 I say that as a joke, right? Hopefully you at home, you're ha ha ha. Right. You know, little dad joke kind of nonsense, right? That means nothing, right? There's no, you <laughs> can't play on a Saturday. I just have to make the joke, Jake. Can Duke win, and if so, can they win by four or more? Well, I don't know, but I mean, they did finally win their first West Coast NCAA tournament game, so that was that was nice to break that streak. Um, but so that was, but, but yeah, I, I think they do. I think this Arkansas team won their championship uh, on Friday or Thursday. Like I, I think that's where that that went. Um, they threw everything they had at it and still came away with a single digit uh, win. It's and Duke is um like the guards for Duke are much better than Gonzaga's guards and that and that's where the difference in uh, the game will go I believe is the fact that the the turnovers won't happen as easy like they won't they're not going to get the 15 16 turnovers out of Duke that they got out of Gonzaga um, Duke can get the ball to their best player in Paolo Blanchero because he can also bring the ball to court versus where Chet Holmgren and Timmy were depending on the guards to get them the ball. Um, and we also saw what Timmy did – or not Timmy. Uh, Chet Holmgren started to do in the second half, uh, right? He he didn't score a single point in the first half, went on a pretty good run there in the second half, and then foul trouble ate him up. Uh, I don't think Paolo Blanchero is as a success – it will get in foul trouble as easy as – Chet did because he's not a shot blocker like Chet. Like Chet's whole thing is he's coming from the weak side to swat at shots, and I don't. And that's not Paolo's game. Um, so that'll that I don't have to worry about that as much. Um, the big part of the game is can Mark Williams stay out of foul trouble? If when Duke loses Mark Williams, that is a huge loss, and he likes to block shots. And we saw what happened with how Arkansas's guards who must. Must has coached them up great to get into the body, get the contact, and then still hit the layup. So that that's scary. I mean, this is going to be a great game. I'm not super comfortable taking Duke here, um, but I'm just going to ride with the horse that got me here. But uh, whew, this is this will be a, this, 
Saturday's games are ten times better than Sundays. That's very uh, true. And, and you mentioned the the guard play. Arkansas really frustrated Nemhart all game long, and that to me was one of the different. Obviously, Holmgren's foul troubles yeah. was a huge difference, but also Nemhart just not being able to really get anything going. I think it's going to be the key to the game here tonight. If if Arkansas is able to do that and frustrate Duke's guards, that's going to to play huge. But like you said, Duke's guard play is a little better, and so that's the the big question mark to me is how that matchup plays yeah. out. At, at the same time, Arkansas can't afford Note to go nine of twenty nine. He can't <laughs> shoot twenty nine shots. That's that's just not going to like a gets a better Duke team, like more talented and like can spread them out. You're you can't have somebody going whatever percentage that is. And we've yeah, we've seen Note have games where he looks fantastic offensively and then games where he just can't get it going. So obviously another um another important player to watch there. If if he gets it going with Arkansas's defense, they're a lot harder to beat. But when he struggles, they are very mortal. Yeah. Uh because they can sometimes go long stretches without scoring, which again is why I like that that underplay, because if, if he's if he's not scoring, Arkansas's going to have a really hard time uh, yeah. getting manufacturing yeah. points. Look at that Tennessee game, like the last right. Tennessee game, right? When he was struggling, Tennessee was up like 20-something that first half, and then the second half, it's a close game because he gets going. It's right. wild. Yep, exactly. Sunday afternoon, 220 Eastern, Miami versus Kansas. Kansas is a six-point favorite with a total of 147. The model says Kansas should be a 7.7-point favorite. But I'm going to say the same thing here that I said with the Iowa State game. The model has just missed on Miami so much. It's a pass for me on the side. It hasn't really missed a ton on Kansas, even though Kansas didn't get me to the window against Providence. Uh, I mean, when you have an 80% free throw shooter, miss four free throws late, what are you going to do, right? Nobody expected that. Uh, they missed one free throw against Creighton, and then, and then one guy misses four uh, late in the game there. So – that kind of costs them there, but in general, it's it's more about Miami and me not and me and the numbers just not being able to catch up quick enough than it is about Kansas here. And so, yeah, the model says Kansas edge, but I'm passing on the side again, just like I did in the Miami Iowa State game. Instead, I'm actually going to go over 147 with a B pick. The model thinks that the right number should be closer to 148, so it's not a huge edge. But also, I look at how both these teams played. On Friday, they desperately tried to get things going, and they couldn't because of the teams they were playing. But, I mean, Iowa State and Providence are two of the most extreme teams in the tournament with regards to how good their defense is, how they can frustrate offenses, how they can slow the game down. And now playing each other, I think this game is going to completely flip. I think they're going to be excited to play fast. Both teams want to go fast. They both have better offenses than defenses. I don't see who tries to slow this game down. And, and I think that's kind of one of the keys here. It's oftentimes the totals decided by pace. Um, obviously we look at efficiency, et cetera, but a lot of times it's the pace and Miami has been playing really fast of late and on the season, Kansas plays faster than Miami. So I don't see who tries to slow this thing down. I think there'll be a lot of points, which will make it entertaining. So I'm going over 147 with a B pick. Jake, can Kansas cover this number, or are you riding with Miami, taking the points, hoping maybe they can pull the outright win, or if nothing else, keep it close and cover? You know, I, all we heard all year was how down the ACC was, how down the ACC <laughs> Here we are, three teams in the Elite Eight, and I, I think two of them will win. I don't think this is the second one that's going to win. Um, I think Miami keeps it close, though. They are playing their best ball of the year. 
I mean, in that last Iowa State game against a very, very good defense in Iowa State, they on their 26 made shots, they had 21 assists. That's wow. hard to guard. Yeah. Like, like, and Kansas isn't that great of a defense team. They're not bad, but I mean, I, ooh, that's they're nowhere near Iowa State defensively. That's for sure. Yeah. That's going to be tough on them. And then, what, what, Vonderberg, Vonderberg, the big white guy from Miami. I'm not sure how to say his name. Um, but he can step out. So that's going to bring McCormick. And I mean, he's dangerous out there. He's a very good shooter. The best shooter on Miami's team by percentage, I think. And so he's going to bring McCormick and Lightfoot out. Uh, when they're in, and it's going to open up the floor a bit. So it's, and but I don't think Miami's got enough defensively to stay in the way of it, of Remy Martin and Abaji and, and Brown and all that. So it's, I think your over is a really good play. I think Miami keeps it close just because they are playing a very, very good version of basketball right now. And this should be a very entertaining game to watch. Should be high paced, lots of fun. Yep. And then our last game of the Elite Eight. St. Pete's the Peacocks, man. I, a week ago, none of us even knew our phones had a Peacock emoji, right? And now everyone knows that. Yeah. Uh, that'll be our last game here Sunday, 5 p.m. Eastern tip. North Carolina is an eight-point favorite with a total of 137. Obviously, hats off to St. Peter's becoming the first 15 seed ever to make the Elite Eight. Now trying to become the first one to ever make the final four uh the model has a unc edge the model thinks north carolina by 9.7 i don't think that's the wrong way to look it didn't have a purdue edge and st peter's covered that so maybe this is real because now it does have a unc edge i i'm, I'm just not sure because it's a lot of points so it, it I, again i think that unc probably is the side i'd rather be on but the fact that st peter's just tries to keep games close is my only is is why I'm a little bit nervous because they could have easily lost to Kentucky or Purdue, but they kept it close. And when you're laying, you know, when you're getting eight points, uh, you just have to keep it close. So I'm I would be nervous backing North Carolina, but I still think that's probably the right side here, especially because if you talk about how good St. Peter's has been, and again, I picked them in that first round against Kentucky, so it's not like I'm just always fading them, right? As good as they have been, North Carolina has been pretty good as well over the last month or so so it's just a, just a pass for me on that instead i really like this under the model thinks the total should be 133 and a half it's an a play for me on that under 137 st peter's is similar to ucla in pace and defense and how good they are but they have a much worse offense and that game would have barely gotten over this number i think it's really hard to see this game getting to 140 it gives us a lot of ways to win and only a few to lose so i really like this one you could eye a first half under i like the full game here because i want to have the entirety of the full 40 minutes and not limit myself to just 20 because i think there will be some scoring runs in this game and i don't know when they're going to happen and a scoring run in the first half given that those totals are shaded down could spell doom if you just take the first one. So I just I'm more comfortable taking the full game because I, I think in general St. Peter's defense is playing fantastic and is going to prevent North Carolina from just running and gunning and getting up into the you know 80s or something like that like they want to do. Um, but there, the, knowing that there will be some scoring runs somewhere, I don't know if it'll be in the first half or second half. So I just I, I want the full game under a play for me under 137. Jake. Uh, when we get to this point of the season, it's tough because everyone's playing well. Everyone looks great. It's a bunch of teams that either you've been backing and you don't want to stop backing them or you've been fading them and you're like, I don't want to keep fading them, right? It's very tough. 
What, what side are you on here? Are you laying the eight with North Carolina? This this one's difficult, right? Because the way the way the two teams play are completely different, and Shaheen Holloway is doing it an incredible job. This is he's going to earn him a lot of money this coming year because this is like he's taking teams whoever he's played against, he's taking them exactly out of what they want to do, and it's been wild. But I I think it comes to an end. I'm I'm leaning North Carolina here just. I think North Carolina is playing something special. And, you know, sometimes those storybook uh, ending kind of things happen, right, with the Duke North Carolina Final Four, one last one last go. Sometimes those things happen, and you just can't get in the way of it. Um, man, I like some of the things I was watching with St. Peter's last night, like I don't, I don't think it will happen again. Edie apparently forgot that he can take a drop step with his going to his left, scoring with his left hand. He kept trying to go back to the middle, and he couldn't catch out of nowhere. So that like that was really surprising. I, I don't know how much of that was St. Peter's defense versus him just having a bad game. Um, and then Ivy was non-existent really. Yeah, um, Ivy didn't even play as much in that yeah. game. That was it was all, it was almost like they realized that he wasn't helping him on the court, which is wild to think about. Yeah. So I don't think we were going to run into the same kind of things. North Carolina seems to be playing better as a team, um, especially with Manic hitting threes like he is right now. He's played incredible. Uh, Love's second half last night was what he had. He went for almost 30 in the second half. Yeah, did nothing in the first half and then went wild in the second half. Yeah, so I, I think there's a lot more opportunities for things like for North Carolina. They just got more options. Um, but I'm not super comfortable with this because of the way St. Peter's played. Nobody has figured – I don't know what – I need to go back and watch. I don't know what this matchup zone that uh, St. Peter's is running is doing and why teams are can't figure it out. Like they've had a couple weeks now to look at it and nobody has figured it out. Uh, and, and it's not like it's not like back in the day, right? You know, 20 years ago, there was no game tape on these small teams. Yeah. And so it's almost – the reason there weren't as – many deep runs back then because the talent discrepancy was so much bigger, right? Yeah. So, I mean, there was now the talent discrepancies shrunk, which is good for the game. But at least back then you could understand, like, there was no tape. No one knew what you were doing. And then it was like, you know, you got tape on, like, the first game, maybe a conference championship game or something, but no one knew what you are doing. There's tape on literally every single game that they've played this season. Like, no one should be surprised at what they're doing at this point. And it, yeah, it is, it's really – I don't know what it's doing that's throwing people for a loop because it, it leans more of like 3-2 at times, but then they – I don't know. Um, but it's it's wild. So I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going with North Carolina. I'm going to ride that. But, man, congrats to St. Peter's. This is, this is more fun than I've had watching for a team in a while. Yeah, whenever, whenever the run ends, it's been great, right? Whether that's Sunday or whether it keeps going, it's been fantastic. I think the, the other interesting thing I'll add, and, and you kind of alluded to this a little bit, UCLA, St. Peter's wants to take people out of their game. UCLA took North Carolina out of their game. And that game went very slow, very much under. And North Carolina didn't seem uncomfortable about it, which I was very, very impressive to me. That, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we and we've talked about this before in North Carolina. We've talked about the fact that they actually might play better if they, based off their uh, their personnel, they might play better a little bit slower. And they just haven't done it. They've wanted to kind of run and gun, and but they looked. They looked very comfortable. They never let UCLA. UCLA was ahead for most of the game, but they never really let UCLA just take them completely out of the game, even though they were out of their game. They hung around, and then they were able to make buckets late. And and that's why I really like the under here. I kind of think the same thing. North Carolina has, at least in this last game, showed that if you want to make us slow down and play slow, like, we got this. And 
I think that's what will happen here as well. And North Carolina seemed very comfortable doing that against UCLA and got them the win. So kind of, I'm kind of like you, like, I kind of think they probably can do the same with St. Peter's. It's not like some teams, when they get out of their game, they look completely lost. But North Carolina did not. They look just fine. Yeah, the whistle is very important here, right? Like, especially for St. Peter's. Um, but and more, I think more so for North Carolina, because uh, when Baycott goes out, that really takes a big weapon out or manic. And like St. Peter's has been fouling a lot, and they they're kind of used to it. But I, I don't know how deep North Carolina is there if you start going that far down the down the list. So well, you the, saw the, you the, saw their weakness there against Baylor when they started losing players. It just got worse and worse and yeah. worse for them. So the whistle will be very important on how this game is called. I'm not saying like the refs are doing good or bad. What I'm right. saying is if they decide to call it tight, I think it benefits St. Peter's a little more. If they let them play more, I think it's more of a North Carolina game. Yep, yep, that's a good point. All right, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Reminder, check out the Google Sheet for full predictions at the website. That's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, click that subscribe button to ensure all of the sports betting content we provide is dropped right into your feed. Jake, let's give the people a buzzer beater. The Basketball Classic has a game today at 5 p.m. I have no idea why it's at that time. That's irrelevant. Portland, Southern Utah, what do you got? Uh, every, the game everybody be tuning into. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> Portland plus four, two very similar teams. Take the points. All right, I like it. I'm going under 155 with a B play. The model thinks 153. Uh, remember, they do pay the same, even though nobody will be watching that game. <laughs> we will see you on Monday. Until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your. Game.